This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Pride Factor is a life skills academy dedicated to improving the quality of young people's lives in South Africa by inspiring, guiding and mentoring them to challenge their assumptions, broaden their aspirations and develop entrepreneurial thinking. Dean Boerter, the MD and founder of Pride Factor, has joined us today in studio to chat about this incredible initiative. Dean, welcome to the Good Things Guy Jackpot. It's great to have you here. So excited to be here. Thank you, Brent. It's crazy because um, I've known of you for a long time. We flow in the same circles. Yeah. We, I mean, you're doing really good things for South Africa. We were in the GQ together. We were, weren't we? Um, we shared pages. We shared pages. <laughs> but I've never actually met you, so it's really rad to have you in studio. I think we seem to be crossing each other in, in air. As well, whenever I'm in Cape Town, you're in Joburg and vice versa. So it's really good to meet well, you. Well, we'll get into your travels between <laughs> Joburg and Cape Town because you seem to be moving from one place to the next. But before we do that, what is Pride Factor? Pride Factor is a culmination, I'd say, on a personal side. It's a culmination of my life's work, to be completely honest. I've been involved with everything from uh, stage and TV performance to rubbing the shoulders with some celebrities to working with youngsters to sales to success summit industries. And Pride Factor was basically born as an idea of putting everything together whereby we inspire, guide and mentor youngsters through live events, any kind of TV appearance, obviously any kind of podcasting or radio that we can get. And now we've just launched our online academy and it really is, it's a similar kind of version to the Good Things Guy where we try and show them there are opportunities out there. South Africans riddled with problems and therefore there should be solutions. Therefore there's entrepreneurship opportunities. Not everything is doom and gloom. Where you come from doesn't depict where you're going to. And if you've got the right attitude and you've got the right basis behind you we think you can go on and do anything and accomplish everything what inspired this because you I, I can feel your passion you're passionate about the I like what i do you like <laughs> you're, you're one of the lucky few there's like one percent of the population that gets to do that but what inspired this um I actually had a, I don't want to call it an epiphany, but a penny dropped once. I was working at the, I was working the Success Summit industry for a while with the likes of uh, Tony Robbins, Jordan Belfort, Steve Wozniak, and they all get up on, on these stages. They talk to four or 5,000 people. They get them motivated. They tell their story and then they sell them something. I know listeners, I'm sure you guys have been to those events, but, um, I had an idea at one of those events that what if the audience was hungry young minds? Teenagers or young adults or students that wanted more out of life. And what if the person on stage wasn't just a motivational speaker, but someone that these guys can recognize, that can relate to, can get along with, you know? So we've used the celebrity uh, role model, I hate the word, but the influencer side of things, because everyone, everyone complains about the Kardashian syndrome, you know? But if the Kardashians are saying the right message, then it's win-win. So we use the likes of yourself, Brent, and the Mops Mopanyana and the Manid Lamini and the Alana Africa and the DJ Fresh, etc., to come and resonate their stories and say, listen, yeah, I might be a DJ who's on the cover of GQ magazine. Do you think it was easy? It wasn't. I worked. I persevered. It was long hours. It was this, this, this. But I followed my passion, worked my butt off, and now I'm deemed successful. So it's about telling those stories. And as I say, that, uh, that idea is now kind of grown. 
grown. You speak of an online academy, so so yeah. it's it's grown from uh, a space where you were doing these talks and getting these. Um, I hate the word influencers. In. It's not, I, just, I just think they can be a bad. You get people that are bad influencers. Yeah, you know, I, so I went to I went to a talk recently, and they were discussing um, micro versus macro influencership, and how um, the consumer. So, so brands all about numbers, right? And, of and we're, we're going off topic here, but it's a, it's a great discussion. So, brands are all about numbers. If you have X amount of followers, they believe they're going to get Y amount of sales or, or exposure. But the reality is, is that the consumer, the person on the other end of that mobile device busy looking at these uh, posts or seeing what the Kardashians are doing, mm. has become intelligent. And the audience no longer care if you're posing with a bottle of I don't know, vodka mm. in a photo, because um, they can see that it's pushed content. And and they're starting to now the the influencers, influencership is moving away from feeding you mm. with this information, and it's becoming more of authenticity. And like I I know you, Dean, and I follow you on Facebook, and it's so bizarre that all of a sudden you have a whatever chocolate bar in your hand. Like people can pick that up now. Yeah. Whereas if it's real, they're starting to to really engage with that content. We did, and again, why this has come about through Prime Factor. I've, I've written manuals for brand ambassadorship back in the day when it was uh, Grolsch, Sky Vodka, uh, Vintook. I did Woolworths, Billabong, all of that. And I actually trained up their brand ambassadors by saying, by you getting a, clo- uh, a hamper of clothing from Billabong and taking a photograph of the clothing and saying, thanks, Billabong, that makes you look cool. There's nothing for the brand. But if you're sitting in the ocean, for instance, and everyone's going, oh, the water is so cold. And you're in a Billabong wetsuit and you go, huh, I don't feel the cold at all. Now you're endorsing a brand. Yeah. So yeah, there yeah. is that exactly what you're saying there. If it's natural and it's done, the vehicle that I'm driving at the moment, it is a machine. You know, and that I'm happy to endorse. But me sitting with the vehicle? Nah. What? I look cool because I've got sponsored a vehicle? No, but it's about the brand. It's about the brand. There we go. Okay, so getting back (laughs) onto topic. uh, That was your tip for the show? Tip Um, for the day. Tip for the day. uh, For the brands out there, uh, understand that the audience is becoming smarter. Um, Kardashian is actually on the television behind you. I'm not even joking. Uh, We're going to move on to the online academy. So first of all, how long has Pride Factor been running? Pride Facts has been going for five years, five years in March. Okay, and the Online Academy came online last year. Uh, end of last year. We're going through a final testing right now, um, and we basically, we're basically 100% live again, 1st of March. And what does it entail? So you say Online Academy. What does that mean? Our biggest mandate is corresponding with and talking to the youth, their parents, teachers, educators so it's not about us talking at the kids it's about us interacting with them and finding out what it is they want to talk about all right so what we've done is we've done a study through monash university we spoke to four thousand youngsters and we're talking about what are the things you wish you learned after school what are the things you wish you learned while you were studying what are the things that are paramount and we came up with a series of lessons that were kind of just pointed out again and again and again and again So what we've done is instead of us running events at different schools and universities all over the country on a consistent basis, which is very difficult to do, we've come up with an online academy that has a certain amount of content via courses. And the courses are, for instance, uh, life skills, work readiness, entrepreneurship 101, financial literacy, leadership, 
things that we didn't necessarily learn in school. I was just about to say, really? everything <clears throat> that we did not learn at school, every, every year the tax season comes around, yeah. I'm <laughs> petrified because I, I have no clue what I'm doing. No idea. Yeah. So, so it's things that we, we, we kind of pick up and, and have taken for granted, but we learned the hard way. Our generation, the new generation, have been online their entire life. So they know how to do things online. So we packaged up these courses, and every course is different, but um, it's basically a series of either 13, 7, or 5 episodes. The episodes are little videos that are between 3 and 6 minutes long. Each video has 4 or 5 questions in it. So as you get to minute number 2, it asks you a question. If you get it wrong, you go back to the beginning. If you get it right, you get a little gold star, and it continues like that. At the end of the five episodes or the seven or the 13 episodes, you get a certificate of completion and you can now open up the next uh, online course. So again, we've been chatting to the youngsters and courses consist of things like uh, designing a vision board and setting goals to understanding how important fitness and health is to constructing the ideal CV and bio to opening a LinkedIn profile to waxing that job interview to phoning someone you know and it's different celebrities from Halubi Maboya and Candice Modicelli and I and there's some kind of tongue-in-cheek offbeat little videos but they're a lot of fun and we're getting some rage reviews from them. I think what's important is you're you're giving these kids that didn't have these skills before skills that they can take forward. Yeah that is the main aim and of course I mean data will get cheaper mobile devices are becoming more frequent and people are having smartphones and all different walks of life so the the courses are mainly aimed at and i hate the word as well the, the mass market it's the guys out there that don't necessarily have the means to get a bursary or get a this or get a that they are extremely affordable the courses but we are doing this in two ways one you can go online and buy a course they start at 199 rands so i mean they really are affordable or two you can register for a bursary in which case the likes of now at the moment, Anglo-American, uh, Score NG Drink, Vumital, Standard Bank, etc. are sponsoring groups of a thousand youngsters to go through the program. When the youngster logs online, they will only see that brand. They will get the certificate from that brand. They will interact with the brand. So it looks like Standard Bank basically owns the whole thing. But also, again, in order to get a bursary, you've got to do something. So you need to write a little piece of motivation as to why you deserve it. Because if I give you a bursary and you only complete one of the courses, I look like a fool. So there's kind of a whole rigmarole around it, but it has been a culmination of many people's ideas. But most importantly, we've been talking to the youth and this is what they want. So we are happy to say that we are now providing. I think <laughs> instead of the word want, it's what they need. I think there's a very good cross-pollination there, yes. You know? And again, some of them don't want it. You know, some of the youngsters out there, they go, well, as soon as I get my driver's license, I'm good. You know, that, that's me. I'm, I'm sorted. But there are others, Brent, and I know you know this. There are others out there that are knocking on the doors, that are kicking down, that are trying, that are wanting. Those guys will take you with us as far as we possibly can. You know, we want to open up every single opportunity there is for you. So, it, I mean, it's the beginning of the year, literally. We're only in the first quarter. And, and I've noticed a massive is it an evolution in, in the human stories that we're reporting on. And it's the craziest thing because in the last couple of days, weeks, we've just featured so many people that are doing it for themselves. Hmm. So it's, it's become this, um, this for a long time in South Africa, a lot of people, we, we have a huge portion of our population that live in poverty. Mm -hmm. There's not enough employment. No. Uh, there's not enough jobs out there. Um, and a lot of the youth that are coming into the new generation of working class, um, there's just not work for them. There, yeah. There's nothing for them to go and, and do. 
But I've been reporting on these human beings that are just doing things for themselves. Yeah. And it's life skills like this that you're providing that can give confidence and creativity to the youth mm. to physically make a difference, start some sort of project, see, see a challenge, create yeah. a solution, and in that, maybe employ people under them. Exactly that. I mean, exactly that. So, I mean, again, I'm going to touch on, we've engaged with the youngsters. These are the subjects that they said, hey, listen, I want to know how to wax a, an interview. So we went and did the research. What is entrepreneurship? You know, what is financial literacy? And again, we don't want to teach extra maths and extra science and extra what, what, what. I mean, our financial literacy course, the, the first module is everything you know about money is wrong. You know, so it's a little bit of a slap in the face, but we have fun with it. Dean, when, when were we ever in school, to, like even as privileged kids that went to a Model C school, when did we ever get taught to save? Yeah. Like that, that's not part of your curriculum. No. It, 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 nobody teaches you those skills. So the fact that you're offering this, it's not just for underprivileged children. No. This is for anybody. No, it's for anyone and everyone. It's for those that, as I said, I think the most important thing is those that want it. Those are the guys that we want, the guys that do want to better themselves, the guys that we call the pride factor, because what we say is one day you're going to die. All right, but I'm sorry to tell you this, mate, but you're going to die. You're all going to die. I'm sorry, guys. But um, when you get on your deathbed, I think the ultimate sensation would be to look back on your life with a sense of pride. Be proud of the decisions you've made, the impact that you've made, the choices that you've made, the changes that you made. Be have that pride factor. Basically, and in order to do that, you need to start young and start making the right decisions and choices. So if you want that, you know, I want prosperity. I want this. I want that. I'm willing to work to get it. Not gimme, gimme, gimme entitlement, but I'm willing to put in the hours. If you carry me, those are the, those are the guys that we're working with here. So the life skills is exactly as you've just put. It's very, very, very important. And now, as I say, we're finding other little things. Where we're like, well, how do we become a, a leader? Like, cool, let's find a five-part piece of content on leadership. What are the skills you need to be a leader? Is it just telling people what to do? No. It's resonating with people. You know, and that's what so this is what we're trying to do here. So again, all the content, I'd love to take the credit for us, but it has been what the youngsters have requested. When you when you go out and do your talks, is that where this has come from? Sort of physically being in the space of the youth of South Africa, talking about the challenges. That's where you've got your information from. Hundred percent. We've done online surveys uh, through HDI Youth Marketeers and and uh, Monash University, and otherwise every event I go to, my most important thing is the feedback sheets. What do you think of this? Was that too long? Too short? What do you want to talk about? If we came again, what would the subject be? So it's, it's, and it's, again, it's constantly updating, constantly updating. And have you found that there's, um, across the board, obviously it's, it's not a silly question, but have you found that there is the same themes that come up again and again, even in different locations around the country? Yep. Um, it's the same challenges that need to be solved. 100%. Everyone's sitting there looking for opportunities and exactly like you touched on just now. We talk a lot about direction, all right? So what are you going to do when you finish school? As far as we see, you've got four options. Well, it's five, but we talk about four. You can either get a job, but there aren't a lot. You, know? you can become an entrepreneur if you've got a business idea. You could travel abroad if you are so fortunate, or you can study further, all right? The fifth one is you can marry rich, but we don't really talk about that one. It is one that you, some people do chase. But of the four, because we live in this exciting fourth industrial revolution, the old generations would have to choose one of those four. We can do more than one. You can wait at night while you're studying during the day. You can be working on your creative entrepreneurial idea while you're studying or working a job at the same time. So we've got this opportunity of this digital age saying, guys, you don't need to just go, right, 
At grade 10, you now need to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. That is daunting, man. That scares me just saying it. But if we can say, listen, you can, you know, try that and do this, but focus on this. Our, our main ethos at Pride Factor is very simple. Three rules. Number one, find your passion. Find what makes your heart sing, all right? If it's fashion, if it's creativity, if it's programming, if it's music, if it's blog blogging. You know, what is your passion? What gets you jumped out of bed and gets you jumping out of bed in the morning? Number one. Number two, become damn good at it. Like become the best at it. Work your butt off until you are absolutely world-class at it. And number three, turn it into your lifestyle or career. Make money from it. You know, we don't have to be doctors, accountants, and lawyers anymore. Those are the best jobs out there. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to make wooden tables for a living, do it. If you know how to do it properly and you can sell it, you are therefore living your dream, a.k.a. you've got your pride factor. Well, you've, I mean, I mean, you just brought your pride factor there. Um, you, you speak about like blogging, right? So let, let's go back. Uh, I'm giving away my age here. Let, let's go back. Is it 17 years when I finished school? I feel like, I feel like that's the right number. Okay. Well, I wasn't always great at maths, although I did pass on high grade. 17 years but back in high school, blogging did not exist. No. It wasn't a, a career. It wasn't, it wasn't even there. Yeah. No one taught us. Um, I knew how to write, got that behind me, uh, had some sort of idea that I enjoyed writing. But 17 years later, and that has become my career. Yeah. Um, and, and Amazing. It, it's, it's mind-blowing that I've found to do what I absolutely am passionate about, and I'm able to inspire others to be in the same field. And that's the thing, is that the youth of today have the world of opportunity, the big word that we use, yeah. but also of craziness. Yeah. Like we don't know what's going to be available in 10 or 15 years. Yeah. You just don't, you've got no clue. No, but it's, it's exactly that. I mean, the, the, how quickly the world is changing and what is available there. If we prepare them for it, you know, and again, we can only prepare through like storytelling and things like that. But if we get them to open up their mind and understand that there are opportunities available out there, and most of the time you need to create your own opportunity, make it, find it. I mean, Daniel Mace is a very good friend of mine. I mean, the guy's got a million subscribers, subscribers on YouTube. His videos are, we, I mean, we featured some of his videos. Again, his 10, videos 12 are years amazing. ago, like, that wasn't a thing. Grant Hens, Casey Neinstadt, Casey, um, um, all everyone of else. Yeah. All of them. You know, and now he's, he's doing something that he's absolutely passionate about. He's an old comic friend from, from, from school for me. But coding, you know, is kind of like the new rock star side of things. There's, there's no doubt. But anything in the technology space. But also, people have gotten onto very healthy eating. You know, eating is a massive thing at the moment. Is the, the food and the veganism and the this and the that. The blogging. There's a world of opportunities out there. As I say, if these guys just realize that following a passion leads to a successful and prosperous life, the money will come. If you love what you do and you're good at what you do, don't worry about the money. The money will come. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I also went to a talk the other day and Pepe Murray from Joe Public was the speaker. Mm. And he, he was talking about that in a business and the way that his business changed was by finding purpose. That, that was the word that he used was purpose and getting rid of the bottom line. Yeah. Stop worrying about the bottom line. Do the work. Have purpose in what you do. Do it unbelievably well, and the money will come. That has to happen. It's, it's a logical way of flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I need to ask, because I brought it up in the beginning. You speak about Komiki, <laughs> but we're sitting in Joburg. <laughs> yes, we are. And you and I are always in the air at the same time, but uh, different flights. Red eyeing. Where do you stay? Where, where's this Pride Factor home base? Where's home? Home is South Africa at the moment. Yes. Uh, great answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, I've actually just moved back to Cape Town after three very productive years in Johannesburg. I'm originally from Komiki and, and Nordic area down, down south there. For, for, for people that don't know, uh, Komiki is one of the most beautiful little villages just outside of Cape Town. Little. It's close enough to still go jolling on a Friday, <laughs> but um, to, to literally just tuck away and not have to deal with the actual Cape Town yeah. big city. It's just down south, a little town nestled in the mountains. Fishing and surfing is kind of the, the point of trade, without a doubt. So I grew up there, and I mean, again, I was one of those guys that were climbing trees, riding horses, surfing, catching fish, building forts, breaking them down, skateboarding, what, what, what. I think one guy had a PlayStation 2 and we didn't even know what to do with it. You know, I was like, oh, that looks nice. You know, can it float? So... Um, so I grew up kind of down that side of the world and then traveled a lot when I was younger from Morocco to Norway to London to the States and things like that. And then decided about three years ago that I was going to try and grow the business and, and move to Johannesburg. So I find myself up here a lot and then took the plunge and moved up here for three years. I set a goal for four years. I said I'd do four years up here, but without being overly um, I don't know, without giving myself the credit or, or tooting my own horn, the business has grown so much. So recently, um, with the collaboration of many partners and things like that, that I've had the ability to move back to Cape Town at the end of last year. My fiance is in Cape Town. My whole family is in Cape Town. And of course, my mountains and the ocean are in Cape Town. So I am back there at the moment. I absolutely love it. In saying that, I'm really missing the energy of Johannesburg. Because yeah, you've been here for the last couple of days. Yeah. And it's like, uh, there is something about Joburg. So I was in Cape Town. No well, again, yeah. you were here. I was down there. And Cape Town, I mean, I'm just going to say it. The sun rises later, so so does everybody (laughs) else. else. (laughs) It it literally just, it's a go slow. And I love it. And it's a great place to be to get away from the hustle of Joburg. But Joburg, I mean, most Joburgers are up at five o'clock in the morning. Up, off they go, starting the day. Traffic's busy. Everybody's go, 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 go. And that happens until 10, 11 o'clock at night. Well, in, in the 1800s, there was the gold rush here. Everyone came here to make money and had that energy about them. Brent, nothing's changed. Everyone still comes here to do the gold rush side of things. That's always been my, my mentality on it. Cape Town's always been known as a holiday town. So to go there, you go there for the lifestyle. As I say, I like that I can now go surfing at 2 o'clock on a high tide. Oh, and I'm then so come jealous. back and finish up at 5 o'clock. So <laughs> it is about a balance. Um, but I must say, I'm, I'm really enjoying that I'm fortunate enough, like yourself, that we can hop between both. And I do get down to Durban a lot. And I love the Eastern Cape. I've spent years of my life in Jeffreys Bay. You know, I mean, this, this country is beautiful. And I think that's the whole thing. And why you and I kind of have the similarity, especially with Good Things Guy and, and Pride Factor. This country is amazing. The people are amazing. Our leadership is questionable. Our exchange rate is screwed. Our this is that. Our corruption, this policy, politics, da 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 But at the end of the day, this place is an absolute gold mine in more ways than one. And if more people started treating it like that, I think we are in for not a revolution, but I, I think we can, you know, make South Africa great again. <laughs> make South Africa. Thank you, Mr. Trump. Um, I do, I, I mean, I resonate with you 100%, and it's the passion that I have for the country that keeps driving me to do what I do, and it's exactly the same for you. What I, what I have spoken about um, extensively is the fact that South Africans, it's, it's this funny thing. We love to hate ourselves, and it's, it's not something that we do consciously, but often we'll put ourselves down yeah. because we feel that we're just not good enough yeah. um, and that we're not doing good enough. Uh, South Africa is also one of the only places in the world where 
a huge portion of the population have got a plan B. They've got the, they've always got this plan B hanging over their head. They're like, if if it gets really bad, Merle, we're going to Australia. Like it's a it's a real thing. And I've my mom's gonna hate me for saying this because I say it often, and it's gonna happen. So she has to deal with it. And she does listen to your podcast. She does. Of she course. does. But maybe she's the only one. But I I'm going to write a book when I find time, and it's going to be called Our Parents Broke Us. Or my parents broke me. They didn't literally break me and they didn't break you, but they taught us what we know today. And it's not just you and me, it's everybody in South Africa. And I'm 34 and for 34 years, I've believed that the country's about to fall over. Like it's this belief that's in the back of our heads and I'm 34 and it never has. And the more that I get entrenched into good things, Guy, and the more that I see the incredible, amazing Ordinary South Africans doing extraordinary things. Yeah. It makes me realize that we're not falling over at all. But it is also very much a, a, a matter of choice and a matter of perception and a matter of attitude. I mean, I, I use this example in talks that we do. I show a picture on a board and says, you're a parking lot and it's full of cars. I go to the kids, okay, find the, look, look for the white cars. And straight away they shine out. And it's a South African parking lot, so the majority are white cars. Everybody's got a white car. You know, exactly. So I'm like, okay, so now look for the, the red cars. And you kind of just approach it differently. Now find the black cars. And the picture just stays the same. But in your mind, it changes. Now with you, you are sitting there purposely searching and constantly looking for the goodness that this has. And I think that's why you've always got the smile on your face and why everyone else is always smiling. Man, my South Africa is beautiful. You, exactly. You choose to see it like that. But I mean, I've got a number of friends that are always going, oh my gosh, this is happening now. And oh, I don't want to walk to the shop by myself. And oh, have you seen, look at this taxi now. And it's like, buddy, it's all you are looking for. It is the only thing you look for. So if you just take some time and kind of have a look around, as I say every now and again, just especially if you're in Cape Town, go and have a look outside, you know, look at those mountains, take a deep breath and understand that it's not really all that bad, man. It's really not. It's, and you and are, every country has their own issues. A hundred percent. And you are a hundred percent correct. It's all about balance is what I believe. Mm. I was on Ilana's show the other day. I'm doing a throw forward to uh, the Good Things Guy Jackpot. And she said, if you have one quick piece of advice for South Africans, what would you say? And I, my advice was, if your news feed, because we live on social media, right? That's yep. our space where we all hang out yep. when we don't want to work. Yep. Um, checking out Facebook. Uh, when you're on your news feed and your news feed is filled with negativity, understand that you've created that. So the Facebook algorithms have picked up what you most like to read, like to look at, and like to click. And here's, here's the humdinger. Facebook is so clever that you don't even need to interact or engage with a piece of content that is being faced right in front of you. Mm. It knows where your eyes are looking. It's, it's, they study it. They know where to place adverts on, on screens. They know exactly where your eyes are looking. Mm. And if you hover over a bad news story for too long, then your friends that are sharing bad news stories will start to appear on your, on your newsfeed. It's called Facebook algorithms. It's yep. a real thing. So if you want to change that, this is, this is my piece of advice. Second tip of the show today. There we go. If you want to change things on your your social media, then change what you're looking at. Yeah. It doesn't have to be good things, guy. We're not the be all, and end, be all and end all of good news in South Africa. But you can find something. If you start to look at, I don't know, bunny rabbits. And you'll see more bunny rabbits in your yeah. algorithm. Yeah. That's the way it works. You own your news feed. You just need to learn that there's opportunity to take control of it. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I, we, I, I do a similar thing on a, on a broader level, definitely, as well. In the mornings, I see a lot of people, and it's a habit. You wake up, the first thing you do is you look at your phone. 
No lie. So I've, I've got into a system now where literally my first half an hour to hour of every morning is me. If I'm going for a run, going for a cycle, doing a surf check, having a nice cup of coffee, doing a stretch upstairs or reading my book, that's my time. It's not to be influenced by anyone else. It's me working with my thoughts and kind of where I ended you're, off. You're setting yourself for the yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. It is what you choose it to be. And I mean, even my fiance every now and again wakes up, takes a look, and it's a message from someone else, and it's a little bit of an attitude. And then straight away she's now, oh, you know, it's, it's a little bit aggravated. I do the exact same thing at night. Every night at 8 o'clock, I turn my data and Wi-Fi off. Wow. So if you want to phone me, if there's an emergency, if mom needs me, you know, I'm there. But I'm not getting a WhatsApp group this, and I'm not getting a notification of someone wanting to. It's now calm down time. I love that. You're, you t- you're taking control of your yeah, time. You've got to. And I think exactly what you hit on there, Brent, balance. Balance, balance, balance. Take a little bit of time to yourself. Decompress and choose to see the good things that are around because they really are. And they so really many. are. So many. Pride factor. So we we working. You've you on the verge of launching. Um, you've got you testing a couple of things with the the academy. What else for 2019? Sure. That is certainly our main focus is uh, is the online academy and developing more and more content that is going up up on there. We've got a couple of a uh, couple of new courses that we're going to be filming over. March and putting them together. The two other main focal points are our two events. Uh, we work with high schoolers and university students, so we call them teenagers and the young adult side. In the high school space, we will be running in collaboration with Nazareth Expo Center, Department of Basic Education. We've got the biggest youth month celebration in the country. That'll be in June, yeah? June, yeah. So it's a seven-day celebration. This is the fourth year that we've run it. Uh, it is the Gauteng Provincial Government's uh, careers Expo. Uh, it's between 75 and 100,000 youngsters wow. that they identify, bus in, feed, and then bus home. And we run the show. So we've got the NYDA, and we've got this, and we've got lectures, and we've got celebrities, and music, and dancing, and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's June. That's our accounting uh, based high school event. And then in July, August, and September, we are doing a Real Life 101, which is a 26 university roadshow. We ran around last year with Department of Higher Education training. We only got to 10 universities, unfortunately, even though we drove to Durban and DUT, <laughs> unfortunately, had to turn us down when we arrived there due to riots, which, again, isn't really acceptable, but we'll work on that later. So, yeah, we're going to spend two months on the road and go and visit every university, ideally, and do a one-day entrepreneurship course. And, again, it's interactive. It's celebrity-based. So that's, that one's for the students, and that one's countrywide. So one is counting and high school. The other one's countrywide and students. And aside from that, yeah, any Aside from that busy, busy year already. It's, I love what I do. I think I may <laughs> have mentioned that. It might be coming through on the microphone. But, yeah, we love what we do. So, um. So yeah, any and other collaborations that come about, school talks and things like that. And we've got a nice bunch of, I like to call them foot soldiers, that are now wanting to become speakers and want wow. to now do this and want to become TV stars. And now we're sitting there going, oh, the West Rand Careers Expo, I don't need to be there because we've got 12 other kids that want to be there. So we'll teach three of them to be photographers, two of them to do the exhibition, two of them to do the registration, and three of them are speaking. Literally so creating four day events employment. And everyone's swapping around. So very exciting times. I really am.
Absolutely amazing. Busy, busy year ahead. Um, if our listeners want to find out more information or like more importantly, this is third tip of the day, call to action. If you want to sponsor someone a bursary to go through this program, where do they go? Primefactor.co.za or Primefactor on all the, the social media. That's, that's where we're at. I mean, everyone knows how to use Google now. I don't need to give the exact address. But yeah, you can find us anywhere and everywhere. We very much, as I've said before, like interacting with the youngsters, their parents, their educators, any suggestions, anything like that. We very much are an open book. We want to talk. We want to hear. We want to collaborate and find out why we can offer or assist or help out very much. So please. Pridefactor.co.za, otherwise info at pridefactor.co.za. Reach out. Yes. It's that easy. We're going to put all of those details inside the podcast bio so that um, if you don't know how to work Google, you'll be able to get hold of Pride Factor. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dean, for being on the show and for um, eventually like us meeting in the middle. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll do it again, hopefully. It's been fantastic. Thank you. And only good things. I'm Brent Lindeke, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.